The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? It's From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is David Yaz. If you like this podcast, Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Share it with a friend if you're so inclined. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It is the show where we tell the stories of your city through the voices of your city. I have an awesome voice here today. He is the president, Big Honcho, Grand Puba of Big Brothers and Big Sisters of Eastern Massachusetts. It is Mark O'Donnell in the virtual studio today. Welcome, sir. Thank you for having me. Uh, this- Glad to be here. I'm glad that you're here. You're actually in the your physical offices today, so mm-hmm, I am. Is that have you been going there during the pandemic, or is it something new? Or I have. It's you know we moved in here unfortunately right before the pandemic hit. So we moved into our new space in December. It's brand new still, and we even though everyone's working remote, I do find some solace in actually using the space. So I come in here, make sure. The mail's checked, make sure everything's going off well, but it also, I, I have little ones at home, so it also helps me to, uh, to do things like this. <laughs> and you're downtown on High Street? We are. We're, okay. we're, right, uh, we're right at uh, 184 High, and mm-hmm. we moved into a great, uh, a great brick old uh, cannon factory uh, above Howl at the Moon, which people will know as a landmark. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yes. Haven't been too much howling at moons during the <laughs> past year or so, but what are, I'm curious, what are the streets of Boston like? Does it feel like it's getting back to, to normal? It, it's picking up. Traffic yeah. is picking up, but there's still a whole lot of uh, construction happening out and about. So there's a lot of that fogging up the streets at the time. So it's probably a good time to do that. You're starting to see more, more activity, but it's still nothing compared to what it was. Yeah, it's just sad. And I, I you know, business usually takes, mm-hmm. take me uh, downtown. I mean, I used to work in Boston for years and years, but even in recent years, I'm, I feel like I'm down there at least a couple times a month. I haven't been to Boston in forever. And this is the Boston podcast. Dave, come on. <laughs> what are you going to, what are you doing here? So unfortunately the, the restaurants in, around us and the buildings, they're all closed and they've packed their bags. So you're going to see the residual effect of the, you know, the, especially the mom and pop businesses. It's sad to see them go. So a lot of restaurants are closed permanently, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, we all presume that would happen, but it's still sad to see it happen. And, you know, hopefully there'll be new businesses in there soon. So we are, we're going to have a little bit of fun with Mark later. We're going to play a round of Wicked Smart where I quiz him on famous movie Big Brothers. Not Big Brother of the program, but Big Brother. And also not Big Brother of the reality show. Nah, it's just getting confusing. Anyway, that'll be fun. We'll play an edition of Good Stuff at the end. But before we do that, I want to hear about your organization. First of all, how long have you been at the helm of the big, the, sorry, I want to get it right. It's Big Brother's Eastern Mass, right? Yeah, so it's a lot of helm just under a year now, but I've been with the organization for 10 years. So okay. Wendy Foster, who was a great leader, I worked with Wendy for nine years, and she went on to the next stage of her career, moved down to the Connecticut area, the metro New York area, and I took over for her last, last summer. So it's, a, it's been a year at the helm, but 10 years with the organization. 
And why do you like it so much? You know, I've worked in higher ed. I've done a lot of fundraising that worked around the nonprofit sector. And I really believe that, you know, these human service type organizations need as much talent and help to raise money and to to build awareness. And this was an organization that was near and dear to me. I understand mentoring. I believe in it. So when they called me actually 10 years ago, I, my first reaction was, you know, no way. I'm not leaving my cushy associate dean job at Northeastern University to to take on a human service role. Mm-hmm. When I went home and I spoke with my wife and we talked about it, and it really was something that I felt that if I was going to take a jump, that this t- this exact mission really resonated with, uh, with me personally. So do you have a favorite moment in your life of mentoring or coaching or something like that? I happen to be a sucker for, I'm, I'd still be working as a camp counselor where it's socially acceptable of a man of my age to do so. But yeah, tell me, did, do you have any great examples or memories? To me, it, it's, it actually stems not so much from the intervention of a mentor, but the situation where my family unit, I grew up in Queens, New York, which is just rated one of the most diverse counties in America, well, the most diverse county in America. I grew up in the New York public school system. And I knew right away, we, we, we did not have means. So at the end of the day, if my parents did not stay together, if I did not have that loving family union, if my father would have left, if my mother would have left, if any of that situation I was in with five people in a two-bedroom apartment in Queens, if any of our dynamics shifted, we weren't going to get out mm. and, and our path. So it's not only, it's not only, it's the amount of caring adults you have in your life. It's amount of the amount of people that are there to guide you. And if you remove some of them, sometimes it's not about gaining one. It's about if you lose them. And I was lucky enough to, to have both parents help guide me, even though they didn't have all the answers and put me in positions where I could be in front of people that may, that do. Mm-hmm. Tell me the, the basics for my listeners who don't yeah. know. I think we all have a general conception of how Big Brothers Big Sisters works, but who is what kind of kids are eligible to get such a mentor? How often do they hang out? That sort of thing. There's no you know eligibility factor. It's really for kids that need a caring adult in their life, and usually the guardian will realize that's needed, and they'll call us up, and we partner with the guardian. I say guardian because more and more. Given the world, grandparents are raising kids now, you know, their kids' kids and their grandkids, and there are other situations. So it's not just we just predominantly are single mother households, even though that is a large portion of who we serve. So the guardians will come to us and there's something missing. There's time, there's not enough time in the day. There's not enough people in the life. And so they they want someone to pay attention and they want someone to care. So we partner with the family and each kid is different. There's a different makeup and different outcome for each kid. And we work with the guardians to meet about, you know, once a month. It's not twice a month. It's it's on a Saturday. Usually we have different programs. Some of them are at school mm-hmm. for a lunch hour and some of them are on campus with college students. So we have a few programs. So we, we have programs that fit everyone's schedule. So as a father and who commutes into Boston, I can't really do Saturdays. So when I was a big brother myself, it was the after school program that really fit into my schedule. Mm-hmm. Now, this will be my one tough question of the whole interview, Mark. After, after this, it's going to be just uh, cream cheese after this. But certain organizations where there are adults in charge of kids have suffered from scandal. And we know what I'm talking about. So, so not yours, certainly. But being at the helm of this organization, it must be a topic of conversation of how you vet people and make sure that no one is 
using this vehicle for nefarious means. So tell me about that. It's the number one on all of our charts. When we say our priorities, it's always number one. It's a forever link. It's forever number one on every chart we we create about our strategic directions, our needs. And basically the way we, you know, you're never going to be, you know, foolproof to that. You're always going to make, you know, mistakes. There are always people that have great stories that get through the track. So it's not about always finding that person on the front end, even though if you were asked anybody about the rigor of signing up to be a, a big and then actually becoming one, there's a lot of work, a lot of reference checks, a lot of background checks. Mm. But this, once you're matched, you are forever partnered with one of our social workers called a match support specialist. Mm. And that person's job is designed to kind of triangulate the match where every time you meet, you're talking with the guardian, the little and the big, and you're going to try to capture the whole story every time. So we make sure, and that's weekly, monthly, we make sure that we're constantly in dialogue with all three to make sure there's honest answers. And we know what the questions to ask. We know what to look for. We know the red flags and indicators. So we have been very, I don't want to say you call it lucky because it's intentional. What we have done has worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and But we're going to continue anytime there's a new technology or a new way we could put in any diligence around that. We're going to spare no expense doing it. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that's a good answer and, and makes Parents and others, I think, feel safe, I'm sure. What you said at the top is true. You can never, no one's ever perfect in these things. And so, unfortunately, we live in this culture that likes to search for blame immediately. And, you know, I come out of the legal world and it always peeves me when, you know, the someone is out on bail and commits a crime. Mm-hmm. And the first, the anger is directed at the judge who let the person out. It's like, well... You can't hold everybody in. The judge probably had a reason. And, you know, why not blame the person who, who made the mistake? But but I'm sure that gives your folks comfort to, to know that you've got those in place. By the way, I buried the lead here. This episode is a cliffhanger because at any moment, an alarm might go off in Mark's <laughs> office because they're testing. So this is exciting, listeners. If, <laughs> if you hear an alarm go off, then that's what that is. They're just testing. It's not a fire at Big brother, big sister. Oh, is that it? Is that it? <laughs> no, that's me playing a sound effect and being a wise guy. So we are going to get to a quick round of uh, Wicked Smart and play good stuff at the end. But before we do that, Mark, tell me how how can people help you? I, I take it you're looking for volunteers. I take yep. it it doesn't hurt if people want to donate to your cause. Just uh, tell me about that. We always point people to our website, which is emassbigs.org. And basically, there are three main avenues to partner with us. One is, first and foremost, to people listening that are struggling right now and have a child that you feel could could, could benefit from having another person, another caring adult in their life, having a, a partner on their journey. We are open for business. We are we want to have that conversation. We're, we're, we're here to help. We want to help. So any parent or guardian that is thinking about it, please go to our website sign up and have the conversation. Even if you figure out it's not the best move for you right now, at least have the conversation. It's worth finding that out. So we want to make sure the kids, because a lot of times our community centers, our churches, our schools, our guidance counselors, they're not working full time per se. So they're not in front of the kids right now, which is a scary proposition. So instead of getting the guidance counselor to turn to the mom or guardian and say, hey, what you ever think about signing your kid up for this? That's not happening right now. So we're trying to reach out directly to the parent and guardian and say, hey, we're here to help. So that's the biggest way. I, I want to get kids served. I want to get kids helped as much as possible and always donate. That's we run. We're, we're over 90% privately funded. This is a long-term proposition. This isn't short-term goals. So this is something that we fund for the long term. And the last is if you 
both for the pandemic and the need for the kids, the mental health, the isolation, but also there's a big social justice campaign going on and people are trying to find ways to build bridges and to, and to create uh, a sense of how can I help communities or that, uh, that are not like mine. So, so I think there's a lot of ways to do that in the community. But if you are thinking about doing something for any of those reasons, emasbigs.org and talk to us again. It may not fit your schedule today, but at least start the conversation. So when it does fit, you know what we're available. Emasbigs.org is the place to go. As Mark said, I love how you call them bigs. You sound like a college basketball coach or something. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, you... the bigs are a fading breed in college basketball. So uh, that's true. Someone's, someone's got to use them. That's yeah. true. Very good. All right. Well, I promise. So let's deliver. We're going to play a round of Wicked Smart. Play that intro, Dave. Come on. There you go. I'm smart. My boy's Wicked Smart. Now, are you a fan of the film, of the cinema, Mark, or not so much? Somewhat. Like I said, I have little ones at home, so I, uh, as much as I can partake, I do. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm going to read for you a description of a famous Big Brother as depicted in movie. You just tell me what movie it is. This Big Brother was played by John Cusack. Character's name was Denny. He was Gordy's Big Brother in oh. what in what movie? I can tell it's on the tip of your tongue. I know, and I know the movie. Uh, yeah. th- it's three words. It's a song from the 50s. Mm-hmm, uh-huh. mm-hmm. We were looking for Stand By Me. Sorry. <laughs> All right. How about this one? The Okay. The big brother is Sonny Corleone, played by James Caan. Big, yeah, big the Godfather. That's yeah. right. Now, I don't, it's funny. I don't know. This is comes from unrealitymag.com, so... I don't know if Sonny. I don't know if Sonny Corleone is uh, an example of a good Big Brother. I mean, no, he, well, I don't think he, I don't think he would make the cut here. I'm not sure he'd make it through our enrollment <laughs> he process. Wouldn't. He wouldn't. I think he's got a shady background. Let's see. Here's one. Tom. No, not Tom Cruise. Dustin Hoffman played a Big Brother in a film, and uh, his name was Charlie Babbitt. This is Rain Man. Rain Man is correct. That's absolutely right. Yes, that's actually probably one for my money, one of the better movies about brothers, right? Because it's, Mm -hmm. you know, Tom Cruise starts off as he always does playing the big jerk. And then you find he's got a a soft side. We'll do two more. Here's one. Big brother's name is Daryl. He's played by Patrick Swayze in a movie that also featured Tom Cruise and C. Thomas Howell and Ralph. Is Is this The Outsiders? Yes, very good. That was supposed to be the hard one. Very good. Yeah, Daryl is the big brother. This is if someone proposed a script today, they'd be like, "What are you kidding me?" Play <laughs> Daryl is. Go ahead. I'm dating. I'm dating myself a little bit by this, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, right. Daryl, you and me both. Daryl is the big brother to Pony Boy and Soda Pop, and yeah, he doesn't even have that big a role in that. But and Tom Cruise shows up in that movie too. Anyway, yeah. all right. The final one. Well, here it's not. Uh, it's not holiday season now, but. The there was a character named Ralphie in a film which took place in Cleveland who took very good care of his little brother around the holiday season. That was he'll shoot his eye out. That would be a Christmas story. That's right. right. How to end with a florist, Ralph? Very good. Excellent job. The yeah, no, I mean, who isn't a sucker for the the big? I mean, Ralphie was going through that turmoil, like you say. You know, he's hope just hoping he gets that rifle, that toy <laughs> rifle. But his little brother was always kind of hanging around there. He looked out for him. So, oh, now I remember the scene. The scene was Ralphie had to look out for his brother when he his mom forced him to wear so many layers to go out in the snow that he would topple over, and Ralphie would That's have to pick point. him. Uh, yeah, I seem yeah. to remember my brother, my little brother having a. 
similar uh, snowsuits. Did you, do, <laughs> do you have siblings yourself, Mark? I do. I have two older brothers, so yeah. Oh, okay. So you had two, and did were they good role models? They were good role models. You know, they were also like I said, three boys growing up in New York City. We, had, we right. and we hang around with the older kids. We got ourselves into a little bit of trouble as well. So. Yeah. Well, I'm sure when you began your ascent at Big Brother Big Sister, both of your big brothers took credit for being the inspiration for you. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> right? I think they still do. And I'll remind people once again to go to uh, off my screen. I'm sorry. Remind us of the URL, Mark, one more time. It's Emass Biggs, so Eastern Massachusetts, emassbiggs.org. Very good. It really wasn't that hard for me to remember, but I forgot it anyway. All right. Before we go, we'll do a round of good stuff. Let's do that. Oh, that's the good stuff. All right. Mark, you have something to, as you still sit there on the edge of your seat, the fire alarm has not gone off yet, so no, we've <laughs> lucked out so far. Do you have something good to recommend to our listeners that might brighten their day a little bit? You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay with the hook because I really believe that, okay. you know, again, I'm not going to promote, you know, going out and doing everything because the world is still crazy, but anything that you could do, and I'm not want to mention Big Brothers, Big Sisters, but, you know, for food, for shelter, for health, for clothing, for whatever it is, I think everyone right now could benefit or just to be nice because I think people are benefiting, would benefit anything from any act of kindness. So what I tell people right now is it doesn't necessarily have to be become a big brother, or big sister, but uh, you'd be surprised how much that goes right now. So what I found the biggest satisfaction is just small acts of kindness. Just make sure you're out there and you're you're just helping your neighbor, helping your friend, helping a relative. And if you get, if you're in the position to help someone less fortunate, I can't think of anything greater than doing that right now. So that would be my recommendation. That's great. I will give a shout out to someone who has done just that. And it comes out of connection of uh, my dad, who's had just a real rough pandemic. He had a, a serious injury that resulted in him being in a hospital for a long time. Just recently, got home and he's kind of been in and out. So every time he comes home, he needs help getting to the house. There's a neighbor named Mike that lives next door to my parents. And he's always there. He always just checking in. How you doing? So, and, uh, you know, he doesn't have to do that, but you can tell he gets a kick out of it. And it just kind of warms your heart. So absolutely, uh, I'm with you. Good job, Mike. Good job, Mike, from both of us. So uh, to switch gears, I'll recommend something today that there's nothing nice about it other than that it's a cool new thing on Netflix. It's actually one of these crime stories. It tells the tale of a scurrilous character, so much so that he's known as the Serpent. And I'll play a little bit of the trailer for you. And Mark, you can watch. The rest of the listeners can listen. And we'll just listen to a little bit of this. It's a good life that I provide here. I've been good to you. And you understand why it's hard for me to accept that you just want to leave. Our home is always open to friends. Who's your guest, Daje? Oh, you're the gem dealer. He is the gem dealer. My husband, Alain. We have a network of careers throughout Asia and Western Europe. Which is how you're able to offer such attractive prices. To France. To France. To France. What's wrong with us? All right, well, you get a little flavor of what's going on there. There's this very mysterious kind of dark 
tall, dark, and handsome, but, but creepy-looking character who invites people to his home. And at first I thought he owned the home. It turns out it's just an apartment complex in Thailand anyway. But, but these people mis- around him start mysteriously getting sick. And this is no spoilers. It's the whole premise of the thing. He, it turns out he's scamming people basically by drugging them and then disposing of them and using their passports to, to conduct business with. But it's very well done, and it's a true story, or at least based on a true story. And I'm dying to know what happens. I'm only I'm through most of it, but there they eventually. What you didn't see in the trailer was there's this kind-hearted Dutch diplomat who is like the only one who realizes this is going on. And it's one of these stories where he's like going to the police, and the police are going, "It's not enough. It's not enough," you know. And so he's he gets obsessed with it. So. It's uh, if you like the the true crime drama, it is a scripted. It's it's not a documentary. It's a scripted series, but the serpent. So, if you have eight hours to kill, Mark, you know, look forward to it. After you do those those acts of kindness, do those first, <laughs> please, everyone. I implore you, do yeah. those first. So once again, get involved with Big Brother Big Sister. Emasbigs.org is where you go. Mark O'Donnell is the man. I hope you had fun today, Mark, or at least a little I bit. I did. I did. This was great. Okay. Appreciate, I appreciate the time. Now would be a good time for that fire alarm to go off, is it? <laughs> yeah, wait, there it is. No, I'm just kidding. That's not. Thank you. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcast. If you want your own podcast, go to pod617.com. To get started, we can produce the whole thing for you start to finish. On behalf of my new friend, Mark O'Donnell from Big Brother, Big Sister, My name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. And if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Enjoy the day, everybody. Ah!